Hey there, and welcome to the Alinea Church Podcast, your place to get all of Alinea Church's previous messages. Messages are designed to equip you on your journey with Christ. We are in our series, Seeds. Tomorrow starts today, where we explore the profound impact of sowing and reaping in our everyday lives. Today, we continue this journey, uncovering practical insights on how the seeds we plant in our actions, relationships, and choices can shape a brighter and more fulfilling future. Join us as we explore the transformative potential of sowing with intention and reaping what God has in store for us. All right, so we are in a fifth, fifth Sunday on our series called Seeds because we believe that tomorrow actually starts today, how we invest in today. And we've been uh, looking at all of the passages about seeds in the Bible. And today we're going to pick up a, another one today. Uh, first, I'm going to start in Luke 6, 43 through 45. Uh, Let me read this to you. It'll be up on the screen as well. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit, right? And and, uh, what's really a beautiful picture about that is we were a bad tree. And uh, in Christ, uh, the, the Bible says that we've been grafted in Uh, And uh, now we get to be part of this uh, beautiful tree. Jesus says, if you abide in me, I am the vine, you are the branches. So, you know, we talked about that last week that you abide in Christ. You don't have to like strain out a grape. You know, it starts to come out of you, this fruit. Uh, People do not pick figs. My favorite fruit, by the way. I'm not really good at growing them, but if you have a fig tree, bring me some figs. I'll take it. Um, People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the goodness stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Um, I used to serve in a church in Texas, and the pastor's wife says, what spills out when your cup gets bumped tells people what you're full of. And I was like, There's, that is a very true saying. And uh, the reason we're talking about this today is that we want to be full of certain things. When, when we were creating uh, the cultural values for the church, uh, they're hanging on the wall as soon as you walk in the door. And we, a pastor told me, he said, your values are what you want your people uh, to come out of them when life squeezes them. Right, and so uh, I was like, okay, that's that's easy. I, I think that Bible is very clear that we should squeeze out the fruit of the spirit: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And today we're going to uh, land on the goodness value because I wasn't really planning on uh, preaching a a, uh, a message on generosity, but that's just the way. Scripture laid it out, and so we're talking about giving today, y'all. So bar the doors, no one's allowed to leave. So we, we tricked all of y'all. Um, but I'm, I'm going to get into that and kind of soften the blow about that a little bit. But when you look at our values, it says generosity is our privilege. And someone will say, well, you left out goodness. And I was like, no. And when you go and you look at the original language that the Bible was written in, when you look at the word goodness, goodness means kindness, because kindness is a fruit, right? Goodness means kindness in action. So what is kindness in action? That's generosity. And we're to be generous people. And so that's what I want to spill out of our cup when life bumps us. 
is generosity, is, is a life of freely giving. So we're going to look at a giving passage that has to do with sowing and reaping that Paul gives us in 2 Corinthians. So it'll be up on the screen as well. It says, remember this. Uh, I, I love the, the CSB version says this. He says, the, the point is this, y'all. All right. Uh, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. That's the passage from Psalms. We'll talk about that in a second. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched. Watch this. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous in every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Would you pray with me this morning? God, we love you and we worship you and we thank you uh, just for the opportunity to come in this morning to worship you freely, to lift our hands and sing praises to you, to corporately come together with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We just worship, we pray, God, that you would inhabit those praises, that you would feel, feel the freedom to move in our midst, to speak to our hearts, Father God, to speak to us through your word. I pray, God, that you would hide me behind your cross as always and speak through me. God, we want to pray for uh, the tumult in the Middle East. God, we pray for the nation of Israel, Father God, that you would protect them, that you would give them wisdom. I pray for quick justice. I pray for quick peace. Uh, I pray for minimal loss of life. God, I pray, Lord, that, um, that there are uh, principalities and powers uh, at work in the heavenlies uh, that are not of uh, you. They are of this world. And so, God, we pray, Lord, that your spirit uh, and the angels would fight back against them that are trying to cause division, that are, that are sowing seeds of dissent, that are sowing seeds of evil, pure evil, God. And, Lord, we need your hand more than ever today. Help us as a church to be strong. Help us to, as a church to be courageous. Help us as a church to have a spine. Help us to have, as a church to be a, a church of prayer, a church that leans into you, a, perch, a church that falls to our knees before we take to the airways. God, Lord, that we would seek out the face of God, that we would pray for the power of God. We would pray for the hand of God. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In your name we pray, amen. Uh, you, I don't know if you know this, but you can get involved in these things called CSAs, all right? CSAs are, if you have a local farm, there's different farms around here, and you can sign up for a CSA, and what's it stand for? Crop share something? I don't know. CSA, make up something. Make up an, uh, I don't know what it is. Some, yeah, oh, everybody's got, we got five different options here. It's CSA. It basically, you get fruits and vegetables every week, all right? That's what it means. And so you get a share every week of whatever the farmer is producing. And so a bunch of people come in, they pull their money, and uh, it's a really neat way to get 
things that you typically wouldn't buy at the grocery store, which is also a little difficult because now you're looking through recipes like, well, how am I post, what am I supposed to do with rutabaga? I'm not really quite sure what to do with rutabaga uh, or, or turnips or, or whatever the case. Well, uh, the first time we ever signed up for a CSA, they ended up getting a bumper crop of asparagus. I mean, and I love asparagus. I love some grilled asparagus. Oh, oh that's so good. Or you put it in a pan with, with a little bit of olive oil and some lemon and some garlic. Mm, oh, it's so good. I don't know if I love asparagus 20 pounds worth, though, because they gave us 20 pounds worth of asparagus. They gave us so much asparagus that they were giving out recipe cards on what to do with the asparagus. <laughs> I mean, we were making grilled asparagus. We were chopping up asparagus, putting in salads. We were making asparagus soup. We were making asparagus everything. And, and the idea there is at one point, the, the, uh, the farmer uh, sowed asparagus into his ground, right? But what happened over time is that asparagus multiplied. Right? When you take a seed, when you take a grain of wheat and you sow it into the ground, that one grain of wheat over time will, will sprout, it will grow, it will, it will mature, it'll put a, a head on the stalk, and out of that head will, will come out 30 uh, grains of wheat, typically. Um, when you take a, sea, a, a kernel of corn, right, and you plant it into the ground, every stalk of corn will grow one to two ears of corn. And every ear of corn has about 800 kernels of corn. So that means that that one kernel of corn can produce anywhere from 800 to 1,600 kernels of corn. The idea wrapped into the idea of sowing, of growing, of waiting, of time, of harvest, of reaping, is this idea that all of that process produces multiplication. See, God is a God of seed and he is a God of harvest. He is a God of multiplication. Seed and harvest are set up so things grow and multiply. I mean, how would you like to be a farmer who takes your kernel of corn and you stick it in the ground and you wait and you water it and it sprouts up and you take your combine, you come through and you're going to chop it down and you got one kernel of corn produced out of your one kernel of corn. I mean, how, 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 how? right? You wouldn't want to do that. It's like, I'm wasting my time here. So the idea of sowing and reaping is that it is going to multiply. Now, I said at the very beginning, this is a, this is a message on generosity, right? But I want you to understand. So if I can, if I can disarm you, uh, if you're a guest and, and you don't want to hear a message on money, that's fine. Take whatever I'm saying about money and apply it to your life because the idea of sowing and reaping, the idea of multiplication is not just a financial principle. It is a biblical principle. It applies to all areas of our life. And here's the deal. This is what I know. I know I'm, I'm telling you from experience. Uh, I'm telling you from experience, like just recently, if someone says something to you or you read something in the Bible and you're like, oh, that stings. That's okay. The reason that's okay is it probably hit a spot where you're like, I got to get better in that area. Because I don't know if you know this, none of us are perfect. 
In fact, if you are perfect, please excuse yourself because you're messing up a good thing we got going here. We're all imperfect people. We all have areas to grow in. I, I, my area I need to grow in is I need to stop like losing my mind watching football. I need, I need, I, yesterday, Jennifer and I, and she's like, I'm trying to talk to you. And I'm like, three hours, three hours a week. That's all I ask is just three hours a week to yell at the TV. That's what I want to do. But I'm, I'm growing. I'm, I'm, no, I'm not. I'm really need to grow in it. I'm trying. I'm trying, y'all. So I'm going to give you a few points, five points that has to do with this passage that, that Paul gives us. And Paul is actually, he's setting up the church of Corinth for an offering. I mean, seriously, that's what he's doing. He's about to show up and he's about to collect an offering. And so he is writing this passage, this letter to them, and he's putting his part in there. He's like, hey, I'm coming to collect the offering that you already said that you're going to give for the people in Jerusalem. So I want to give you some principles to live by. And so we're going to take those principles and we're going to apply them to our life. All right. All right. One person. Okay, great. Uh, You'll do good. All right. So first off, first point is this, your seed and your harvest, your seed and your harvest are your choice. Your seed and your harvest are your choice. He says, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Right up front, Paul is clear that the harvest that we receive in life is directly related to the seed we sow. It's directly related to the seed we sow. We want a big harvest, then we have to sow differently. We have to sow big to receive big. If you want to get a small harvest, then sow a small seed. If you want big faith, then you've got to sow over time little elements of small faith. That's how you get to big faith. That's how it multiplies in your life. You start to exercise that faith muscle. We want lots of deep relationships, then we have to sow little moments of time with others. We have to sow in order to harvest. We have to sow in order to reap. And I get it. We said this like, I think week one, in God's kingdom, there are times when you harvest where you did not sow because God is so good, right? He is so good. But you know someone sowed that seed for you to harvest, like a, like a, a mammal that was on her knees praying for you and seeking God for you and, and warring over you in the, in the spiritual realm. And like, like you, you, you just had that, that backing. So even though you may harvest where you did not sow, someone was sowing for you. But the choice is up to us. God does not want us to be begrudging givers. And I love what Paul says here. He's like, listen, each one of you should give what you've decided. It's up to you. It's, it's what you have decided in your heart because I don't want you to give reluctantly. I don't want you to give even and, uh, under compulsion because God loves a cheerful giver. Man, I went to a conference one time and uh, it was a church conference and there's all these churches there and we paid good money to be at this church conference. And every session, the same guy would get up to take an offering and he would milk that thing for 15 minutes straight. And the more he milked it, the tighter my pocketbook got. I don't carry a pocketbook, but you know what I'm saying. I, I, he, he would say stuff like this. It's like, well, of course, everybody, everybody's going to give something today. And I'm like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Because it's important for us to, I, that's why I don't stand up here and like, everybody's going to give something today, right? You're going to give something, you know, you're going to give something. No, I want you to decide in your heart what to give because God loves a cheerful giver. 
God wants us to, to have this fruit so ingrained in us that, that we're like, man, I, 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 I want to give. The idea is when we get this concept, we're like, I can't wait to give. Because God loves a cheerful giver. Number two, you can't outgive God. You cannot outgive God because first God provides the resources. It says, and God is able to bless you abundantly. God said that he is able to pour into your lap. What he's able to pour into your lap is a direct reflection of how much you trust him in the process. He's like, if you will do this, God is able. Do you ever in class ever raise your hand and say, uh, Mr. Mr. Smith, uh, can I go to the bathroom? What did he always say back to you? I don't know, can you? I don't know, can you? Because he's trying to teach you the idea between can and may. Can I go to the bathroom is, am I able to go to the bathroom? May I go to the bathroom is, do I have permission to go to the bathroom? I want you to know that you serve a God who is a can God. He is able. That's what the scripture says there. He says, he is able to bless you abundantly if you will let him. God not only can, he is able, but he desires to do this in your life. God's not a stingy God. He's just not. God's not like just holding back like, oh, I want to get them. I'm going to make them suffer. You know, I don't know if God's got a country accent, but <laughs> Adelania, he does. But God, you can't outgive God because God provides the resources, but God also provides the talents that you have. He says, so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. What is the result of God blessing us as we sow? That we will abound in every good work. To abound means to be in abundance of, to be in abundance of every good work, that we would be rich in our good deeds, that we would be in excess of our good deeds. We need to redefine what rich means. Rich doesn't mean that I am rich in my pocketbook, in my wallet, that I have a, I've got all the Benjamins in my back pocket. No, rich means that I, I am rich in my good deeds. I'm rich in my love. I'm rich in my grace. I am rich towards other people because I know that I serve a, a can-do God. I know that I serve a God that blesses. I know a, a God that if, I, if I'm the handed out, he's going to pour it right back into my lap. That's why, that's why the Bible says that given it will be given to you, press down, shake taking together and running over another seed and harvest passage because they're talking about, give me that basket right there. This is a great illustration. Just dump the, dump the tissues out, dump the tissues out, all the stuff, just dump it out. It's okay, we'll make a mess, it's okay. Just, and so I was not planning this. Great, so they, they, would, have these, they would have these woven baskets and, and they would say, give and it will be given to you. So you give to God and what does God do? He pours it back into your basket, a floppy basket. But the way he pours it in there and it's a floppy basket, you gotta kind of shake it down and you shake it down because you want to get all the nooks and crannies. That's why he says shaking down, press together. You start shoving it in there and it keeps coming. You're like shoving it in there and then it starts running over and you're like, well, what am I going to do with all this? Seed and harvest. It's the same thing. It's multiplication. Can you catch? Okay. I won't. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So, so it assumes, now watch this. This whole thing is predicated on the assumption that we are free with what we have. Because he references Psalms. He references Psalms 112. They scattered 
freely, scattered freely. So let's go ahead and get to our, our third point. Your generosity leaves an eternal mark. So surely the righteous, this, this blew my mind, especially with what we're going on, what's going on in the world. Surely the righteous will never be forsaken. So I'm giving you the whole passage. Paul just gave you the snippet. I'm going to give you the whole passage because I want you to get some context of this. Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Their hearts are secure. They will have no fear. In the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Their horn will be lifted high in honor. Do you see what's going on there? God is saying that when you get this, the more the, wor the world presses down, the more bad news you get, the more uh, uncertainty that is in life as a believer, as a child of God, it doesn't result in stinginess because stinginess is out of fear. No, it results in like, I trust God. I trust God through turmoil. I trust God through wars and rumors of wars. I trust God through recessions. I trust God no matter what is on the news bulletin because my, I am a person of righteousness. And since I'm a person of righteousness, I will never be, forsa forsa uh, for I will never be forsaken. I will never be shaken. I will be remembered forever. I will have no fear of bad news because my heart is steadfast, because I trust in the Lord. And because I trust in the Lord, I freely scatter. Because I trust in the Lord, I'm freely generous. Because I trust in the Lord, I, I, I am able to live my life open-handed. Generosity is a fruit of righteous living. It is a marker of the character of God. Because righteousness is what reflects who God's character is. And when we have righteousness through the blood of Christ, when we have righteousness through the Holy Spirit that is working inside of us, when we have the righteousness of Christ in us, when we reflect the character of God, the character of God is a God who is generous, is a God who loves, who is a God who gives. And being generous is not temporary. It lives on forever. It is eternal. And the ripples, get this, the ripples of generosity last for generations. Generations. Number four, God provides the initial seed to begin with. Paul says, God who gives you seed to sow and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed of sowing and increase your harvest of righteousness. So God's the one who provided it to begin with, right? That's why we don't say, hey, we want you all to give the tithe because it ain't yours to begin with. The tithe, what is the tithe? Tithe is, a, is simply a biblical term. It just means a tenth. That's why Jesus talks about a tithe of mint. He's talking about a tenth of the crop of mint that they, that they harvested. So a tithe is simply 10%. Well, if God gave you the 100%, what are you doing with the 10%? You're not giving it to God. You're returning it back to God. 
That's why, that's why uh, uh, the Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and all, everything in it. You know, a Southern Baptist preacher, he would say, uh, uh, God owns the hills, the cattle's on the hills, and the taters in the hills. Right? He owns it all. It's all God's to begin with. So that's why we say we return back to God. We return back to God because when we return back to God, we say, God, we trust you. We believe that you have our best interests at heart, and we know that you will supply. So Paul understood this when he was imploring the church in Corinth to be generous. His point was, hey, be generous. Because God gave you what you had to begin with. Don't you think he can give it to you again and even more so with the right attitude and the right heart? Number five. Last point, you will be enriched in every way. When you're generous with your seed that God has given you, you can also expect your resources to be multiplied in such a way that you can be generous and participate in what God is doing. Because this is what Paul says. He says, you will be enriched in every way. In every way. What does that mean? In every way. What's he talking about? I think that he's talking about you will be enriched in every way to further the kingdom of God. That you will be enriched in every way to live out the precepts of the kingdom. That you will be enriched in every way to love people as Christ loved people. In every way, meaning a generous heart right? A generous heart would be rich in relationships. They'll be rich in opportunities. They'll be rich in joy. They'll be rich in patience. They'll be rich in love. They'll be rich in understanding. They'll be rich in wisdom. They'll be rich in time. They'll be rich in every way. They'll be rich in compassion and rich in endurance and and rich in trust and rich in faith. And you know people like that. The most generous, generous people that you know there's something that just oozes out of them. It's not like the, the, it's, and you know, it's not like they're trying to buy favors or anything. They're just like, hey, God has given to me. I want to give to you. I want to bless you. And they do it with such a smile on their face and they have so much fun about it. You ever done that before? Try this one time. Take a few months, save up a little money, go to a Waffle House. Take a few months, save a little money, go to a Waffle House. Order your eggs, scrambled, chopped, whatever, you smothered, covered, all, all the things, just all the things, right? And when the bill comes for that $12 meal, take everything you saved and stick it under the ticket and walk out and then go sit in your car and watch through the window and tell me how much fun that is to live life like that to live life like, it's not mine. This is temporary. It's gonna, it's gonna be good. God's got me. God's got me. So I wanna, I wanna give you these last three points of how do we grow? How do we grow in living a generous life? Like, what does this look like? How do we do this? And as Abigail comes up and the rest of the, the team. First thing is this. Start. Start. You got to start somewhere. Pastor Dave preached about faith several weeks ago. You got to start somewhere. You got you got faith as a mustard seed. Sow it. Sow it somewhere. So just start. 
Start somewhere. Start with a random act of kindness with your coworker that's always pushing all your buttons. Start. Go to, go to the drive-thru and buy the person's Starbucks behind them. Start. Leave, leave more than 15%. Leave 20 Leave 30 Watch at the end of the month that God's still taking care of you. Start. Start sowing love. Start, start somewhere. Don't, don't spend all your time trying to make the perfect plan of what it's going to look like. Get the seed in the ground. You're going to miss the rain. Just start. Number two, join a team. You want to know what service looks like? You walk out in the world, I'm like, I don't know how to serve people. You serve people here every Sunday. Just come in and serve. We've got, in fact, we got pathways today. We got two of one. It's happening right here in this room after church. You didn't sign up? It's okay. Come be a part of it. And Carrie's going to walk you through what it means to look like, what it looks like to serve here at Alinea Church, and, and we do it in such a way where we say, listen, 100% of people can't give 100% of their time 100% of the time. Like, we want people to live in rhythm. We want people to live in season and out of season. We ain't going to, like, chew you up and spit you out. We're not going to, we're not, like, you sign, sign up for kids, we're not going to leave you back there for eternity. You don't have to retire. Just start. Give it a day. Give it one Sunday a month. Give it two Sundays a month. Give it a few hours a week. Just come in and love people. Stand at the, stand at the door. See a face that comes in and goes, I don't know who this person is. Hey, how are you doing? Welcome to Alinea Church. How long have you been coming? Don't ever say, is this your first time? Because it'll be like, I've been coming for two years. I'm so just join a team. Come to Pathways right after this. We'd love to have you. Number three is this. Number three is this, share the love of God wherever you go. Share the love of God. Don't be stingy with your faith. I was, uh, I was thinking about something yesterday in, in, in relation to this. Paul says that I am not ashamed of the gospel, right? because it is the power of God unto salvation. And I think all of us, we would say, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of Jesus. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Let me phrase it a different way. Are you proud of the gospel? I, was, I got to hang out with uh, Andrew and Shay last night, and uh, they were watching me act a fool watching the end of the Tennessee and A&M game. And uh, I'm, I am a spectacle to behold when I'm watching Tennessee football. Um, I'm running around, I'm jumping, I'm, I'm, I look like an idiot. And, uh, and so the game was over, and I was telling, I was telling them about going to Neyland Stadium. And I was so excited to tell them all the facts I knew about Neyland Stadium. 
I'm like, you've got to go to a game there. It is the most incredible thing. It's like 101,000 plus people and they pack every seat and they're screaming and they're yelling. And I'm telling you, you've never been to an event like that in your life. And they got fireworks and they have the flyover and the, and the team, they run through the tee on the, in the band down on the field. And it's amazing. And I'm telling you, it is deafening, like 120 decibels. And people are singing Rocky, Rocky Top and they're, woo! I mean, it's bananas. You have never, and I said, listen, do you know that back when I was growing up in high school, there was like 107,000 seats in that stadium, 107,000 seats. That means that when they filled that stadium up, it was the fourth largest city in the state of Tennessee, one stadium. I was so excited to tell them that fact because I love, love Tennessee football. Like, I love it. It is a passion of mine. It is so much fun. It's so much fun. And I was laying awake last night, and I was thinking about this point. And I was thinking, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And the Holy Spirit says, you're not ashamed of me, but are you proud of me? Are you proud of me just like you are Tennessee football? And it cut because I knew the answer. I knew the answer. And the answer to that dilemma is start. So, so somewhere. So in faith. So knowing that God is behind you and he's at your back. So whether we're talking about generosity, giving, living in life, our ability to forgive others or our willingness to obey God or our understanding of his word or willingness to respond in faith, what comes out of our heart is what we're full of. And what we sow will be multiplied in our lives because the root of a stingy heart is not enough Jesus and too much of ourselves. Too much fear, too much worry, too much anxiety, not enough peace, not enough trust, not enough Jesus. So I ask you to just bow your heads and close your eyes. And we always, at the end of every service, want to give people an opportunity to respond in faith to what God is doing. And our prayer and our hope is that every Sunday, someone has an opportunity to receive Christ. And so... Uh, we do that just by leading you in a simple prayer, and it's not anything magical about the words. It's a, it's a condition of your heart as you respond back to him, as you're literally, you're just talking to, talking to God right there in your seat. That's what prayer is. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you want to begin following Jesus, the Bible says that you must repent and obey, and repent, fancy word for just literally stop following your worldview and committing to follow the worldview of Christ. Paul says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to pray right now that prayer. Say, everybody out loud, for the sake of those who are praying it for the first time, say, dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. Come and make me new. I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. Change my heart forevermore. 
Help me to live in obedience from this day forward. Thank you for listening today. If you've made a decision to follow Christ, would you let us know by going to alineachurch.org connect? We would love to put a free gift in your hand. Thank you to everyone who gives to support this ministry. If you would like to give today, you can do so by searching for Alinea on Venmo or going to alineachurch.org give. As always, if you live in the Murfreesboro area, we would love to see you in person at 10 a.m. at 707 West Main Street. Until then, God sees you, He loves you, and He wants the best for you.